Tony, I know I speak for all of us when I say that I am so thankful for the providence of God that brought you out of New York to bring you into New Ark. <laughs> Today we celebrate with thanksgiving and praise to God for Brother Tony and his precious wife, Sister Donna, for 35 years of pastoring and ministry. They've served the Lord in this congregation with excellence and faithfulness. This ministry has reached across denominational lines in the spirit of unity and fellowship to grow and to further the kingdom of God by the way of camp meetings, revival services, and other special services and events and outreach. With your leadership and the dedicated members of this church, together we've been able to provide a beautiful place to worship and a worship experience where souls can enter and feel immediately, just as you said last week, like they belong before they believe. Greetings in that strong and blessed name of Jesus. I bring you greetings as the Northeast Ohio Credentials Chair for the Church of God, Anderson in the Anna. I bring you greetings as the founder and executive director of Fully Alive Ministries. I bring you greetings as Pastor Emeritus Church of God at Cleveland, on behalf of senior pastor Fabian White. I want to say congratulations, Pastor Anthony Bartlett and First Lady Donna Bartlett, for 35 years of faithful and dedicated service at Licking County Church of God. Pastor Tony, I remember when you shared the plan of salvation with me in 1967, in Tegu, now Daegu, Korea, South Korea. Although I told you that I'd already prayed the sinner's prayer and received Jesus as my Lord and Savior, amen, you insisted that I pray the prayer in your presence. So I did. I didn't realize at that time that I was witnessing the, a manifestation of your future pastoral and leadership gifting. You've always had a passion to get people saved, disciple, and then equipped to make disciples. Thank you for helping me get connected with the navigators as a babe in Christ, to be disciples, learn scripture memory, and learn to share my faith like you were doing. Thank God for our Korean connection. Um, our Korean friendship bond with Wayne Barth, Steve Nostrum, Walt Williams, myself, Abe Jeter, your brother, Dan Bartlett, and yourself, Tony Bartlett, the man of God. Amen. Uh, it's been a wonderful uh, relationship and fellowship, and, and we have the opportunity to get together well, kind of almost once a year, those of us who can make it at the Licking County Camp Meeting. Pastor Tony, you have done a great work at Licking County Church of God. You and your lovely wife by your side. Remain humble, and the best is yet to come, not only in this life, but beyond. Thank you for being my lifelong friend, mentor, and confidant, and I want to pronounce this blessing on you in, at this uh, special occasion. 
35 years of faithful and dedicated service. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and the Lord give you peace in Jesus' name. Amen. Love you. Brother Tony, you've preached the word of God faithfully without fear or favor. It doesn't always make you popular, but it does make you right. Pastoring isn't without its battles, and there can be many lonely hours spent in prayer and study and spiritual warfare while your congregation many times are sleeping in their beds or away on vacation, and there are times, I'm sure, when you felt all alone. But never forget, one man and God are always in majority. while the whole world perished. Abraham stood with God and became the father of many nations. Job stood with God and gained many times the wealth and the blessings he began with. Joseph stood with God and saved his people from starvation. Moses stood with God and led millions out of bondage to a land of freedom and abundance. And what shall we say of the martyrs who were killed and received an instant reward? And the saints of all ages who suffered and died to give us an eternal heritage, who wandered about destitute, afflicted, tormented over mountains and through deserts and dark places, and yet this world was not worthy of them. All these died in the faith as alone, and yet not alone. They stood with God, and now forever with God they share the bliss of their eternal reward. So when persecution tries to dim reality, when scoffers mock 
and shun God's holy the Lord a great debt of gratitude for the blessings of this ministry. Only eternity will reveal the souls that have been blessed by this congregation and the efforts made to be a light of the world. One way that we can begin to repay such a debt is to show our love, support, and faithfulness to walk in the truth and to continue assembling ourselves together as the Word of God dictates. So Church of God of Licking County, whether you sit in a pew or you watch the services online, I pray you will rise to the challenge to go forward winning souls and being the church that yes. Jesus built. So Church of God of Licking County, get on your feet.
Brother Tony and Brother Harold Kelly have had a special friendship, I think, from the moment they met until this day. He very much wanted to be here, but many of you heard him preach last night across town. He couldn't make it, but he wanted to send a letter, a note to Brother Tony, and this is what Brother Harold Kelly writes. To my dear friend and fellow worker in the kingdom of God, I am so sorry that I could not be there to join you on this special occasion. Today is a great day of thanksgiving and celebration for you and the congregation. It has been an honor and a pleasure to work with you and Sister Donna in the kingdom of God. I appreciate your faithfulness to God and his word, along with your dedication to the church, you pastor. Your vision and zeal for the promotion of the kingdom have been a great, excuse me, a great inspiration to many. I've been blessed, enriched, and encouraged by our friendship and by your dedicated commitment to God. May the good favor of God overshadow you and Sister Bartlett as you move forward with the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. My prayer today is that God will give you many more years to labor for his great cause. At this time, we want to change the direction of the service for a moment and ask Brother Bartlett to the podium for the next portion of our service. <clears throat> I want to thank the entire congregation for your faithfulness, your resources, and your time given to the ministries of this congregation. I especially want to thank God for the talent that this congregation has, and I owe it all to Brother Wilson. I inherited a good portion of his work, and it's been a pleasure and a blessing to pastor you folks for 35 years. I was filled with joy upon receiving your cards and letters of pastor appreciation, and I was overwhelmed at how beautiful the dining settings, the tables are beautifully decorated, and I just thank God for that, and we are going to enjoy a wonderful sit-down meal right after the service. All of us will be served, so when you go into the dining hall, just sit down and take a seat, and the drinks will be there and some of the hors d'oeuvres. I also am especially honored for Kevin Zolas, who has volunteered his chef expertise in preparing our meal, along with his sisters, Sheila and Carla, and their helpers. We have managed our way through 35 years because of God's blessings, his strength, and the faithful leadership of his Holy Spirit. And through it all, you have revealed the true foundation of this church to be love and kindness. I'm thrilled every time someone comes in that they feel like they belong because of your kindness and your welcoming spirit. And thank God for all your efforts. 
I also want to thank Donna Romine and all her helpers who organized all of this day's events and express my deep gratitude to the entire congregation for the work you do day after day. You are dedicated hearts like I've never seen before, and it's not easy to find people like you. And yet, Sunday after Sunday, you give of your time, your talents, and your all to the glory of God. And I thank you for that. I also want to thank Donna Romine and all. Nope, I already said that. And now, <laughs> amen. The humanity is coming out, isn't it? Yeah. And now, on to the mortgage burning. This church has been used by God to place on these 110 acres a beautiful worship facility with double dining halls and kitchen facilities, a large workshop and garage area, a children's playground, ball fields, a huge shelter house with a built-in kitchen, restrooms, and a built-in fireplace, and an RV park with full service for a dozen campers, all valued at $5 million, and God be praised, it was all paid off last December, and now we can say we are debt-free and have been debt-free for one year, and we still, we still have enough money in the bank to buy your lunch today. In 2012, we borrowed $700,000 to build our new dining hall. And after nine and a half years of paying off the mortgage early in December of 2021, just before the new administration come in and interest rates went sky high, we saved $90,000 in interest thanks to the exceptional prowess of our treasurer, David Phillips, and the prudent investing of Wayne Farnsworth Financial Service, and last but not least, thanks to the faithful giving of our live stream and congregational tithers, who, in obedience to God's financial plan, have brought us to this celebration. And to God be the glory forever and ever. Amen. By the way, when I thought about that $90,000 that we saved, I prayed for the mortgage lender that he would not go out of business because of lack of interest. <laughs> Sister Donna, Romine, let's get some fire now in this church, just a second. In the Bible, God changed names. Jesus changed names. He said, Simon, from now on, you're going to be called Peter. Abram, you're going to be called Abraham. Saul, you're going to be called Paul. And this is the first woman who is going to set our mortgage documents on fire. 
and I want to give her a new name. Bernadette. <laughs> Would you join me, Bernadette? <laughs> I would just like to say, just real quick, um, I was a trustee when we first started talking about, you know, adding on and building on, and Right before we broke ground, I became chairman, and I was in the hot seat to oversee the project, and a project it was, only God knows <laughs> what went into that. And then you're in the hot seat worrying and praying that the thing gets paid off and that the church can continue to function comfortably. And I was able from, to sit in that seat from the time we broke ground until we got it paid off as chairman. Amen. And it's just the mercies of God. It's God's goodness to us. And I just want to give him all the thanks and praise. Amen. Oh, thank you. Glad to see you go. Yeah. We are going to burn the church down. <laughs> Would you all stand in honor? Yeah, we are. <laughs> Would you all stand in honor of God's plan of financial giving yes. and how great things he has done? And to God be the glory. Yes, amen. If you would come to the stage, as you wait, and Sister Donna, if you would come forward, and Brother Tony, meet me over here. I was thinking of Sister Donna just recently. I read a quote about Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers, the famous dancing duo of the 30s and 40s, and it was a quote that stated that Ginger Rogers did everything that Fred Astaire did except it was backwards and in high heels. <laughs> that, I believe, sums up the life of a pastor's wife. Twice the burden. When he's burdened and there's trouble, she bears that for you all, but then she also bears the burden of him struggling, hurting, you know, backwards and in high heels. She's done it with very little recognition, and yet she does the job faithfully and beautifully. And we want you to know, Sister Donna, we see you. And they, we love you, and you are much appreciated. Brother Gayhart. Brother Tony, yes. Okay, if you'd come forward, please. 35 years ago, do you believe this man and this woman were in their 40s, low 40s? <laughs> I'll not tell you what the age is now. But telling on myself, 
I was a young man of 50 years then, 50 years old, mm -hmm. and now I'm 85, and now I won't tell what they are, okay? But God has blessed. I'm not complaining about being 85, and I'm sure they're not complaining no, about being God. their age, okay? Amen. God has really blessed. I testify sometimes in prayer meeting, God has not withheld one good thing for me. From me. Amen. I thank the Lord for that, and I know Brother and Sister Bartley thank the Lord for all that he's done for them. We started out together, looks like we're going to end up together, but thank the Lord for that. Well, I want to present, although they have said they didn't want anything, you know, sometimes you don't listen to your pastor in a case like this, okay? Okay? Uh, the congregation wanted me to present this little gift. I guess I'm supposed to start with Brother Tony, and they'll have to wrangle who gets what, you know, and all that. But the church wants to present that to you uh, in love and in appreciation. And may, may God continue to bless both of you as we meet the challenge. Yes. Did you understand what I said there? As we meet the challenges that face us out in the future. Amen. Thank you very much, and God bless you. Brother Amen. And Thank you, Brother Gary. I'm going to walk around behind you, so you know, it's not polite, you know, to walk around front. Would you remain standing and sing with us? Child of God, we appreciate you. Child of God, we got thrown right out here. <laughs> uh, first of all, thank you for your gift. I appreciate that. I appreciate the congregation. You know, we all know that back on the day of Pentecost, the church was formed. And those of us who know church history, or if you even know world history, you see the ribbon of the church as it, as it came down through the years. The persecutions it went through, the high times it went through, but always the church has survived. 
And what a privilege it is for us, for Tony, for me, here at the tail end of the church history to be part of that great body that was formed 2,000 years ago. It's such an honor. It is the greatest honor that could ever be, be bestowed on anybody. Most of you don't know, but the chandelier over my head was dedicated to our former pastors. That would be, I guess, Brother Caldwell, I believe his name was, Brother Alan Wilson and Brother Emerson Wilson. And how much I am so thankful on a pre Pastor's Appreciation Day, I want to honor them also for, what, for the contribution because we wouldn't be here without them. And what a wonderful, uh, I think so much of Brother Emerson Wilson, who was my pastor for the first half of my life, and all the things he taught me, I know today because he taught me. He taught me the right morals. He taught me church history. He taught me uh, church doctrine and all those things that I owe so much to him. I am so grateful also for our present pastor, of course. Uh, and unlike the lady who came to me one day after church and she said, it must be heaven living with him. And I thought, oh, what am I going to say to her? Because I couldn't lie, of course. And um, if I told her the truth, I didn't want to disillusion her. So I crossed my fingers. I said, Lord, please forgive me. And I said, yes, yes, it is. <laughs> But in all seriousness, we've had, we're, we are two very strong-headed people, and we butt heads. Believe me, we do. But um, over church and church, uh, church matters, we have never disagreed. We have always been as one. I so appreciate everybody here. I appreciate the efforts that you have uh, given to this congregation and how you've put up with us as we have put up with you. Some of Brother Wilson's last words before he left this world and went on into glory. And I want to just share those same words. He said to the congregation, as I say to you this morning, I'll have no greater joy than to hear that our children are walking in the truth. God bless you. And thank you. Daegu, Daegu, Korea. Brother Tony says, do you have a Bible? I said, no. So they got me a Bible. And they signed it right here, Anthony R. Bartlett, Steve Nordstrom, 27 August, 1967. <laughs> as I said, ignorant as I was, didn't know the Word of God. This Bible has been, the pages are, 
pretty well for him. Thank God. Thank God for his goodness to me. Brother Tony, I was in Alabama going to another church, and I got to remembering the wonderful fellowship that I felt with my brethren over there, overseas. I said, huh, I think I know where Brother Tony Bartlett is. I called him up. Thank God. He said, Brother Walt, you know there's a church of God right there in Huntsville, Alabama. I didn't know that. I said, great. And it wasn't long till I was a part of it. I've been a part of it ever since. And I thank God for what Brother Tony has meant to me over the years and all that the Church of God has meant over the years. Brother Yoder sitting there. Other of you have been blessings. I've sang Brother Sherm's songs over the years. All that's just been a, such a blessing to have you all in my life. This congregation has shown so much love to me. The wonderful outpouring of love for Sue when she passed. I can never get over that. Or thank you enough. And I have no idea why the Lord has led all the ways he has. But I am so thankful for my life in Christ, my life in the church of God, my brothers and sisters in the Lord, Donna, Tony, all of them. <laughs> Amen. Good to hear Brother Abe this morning. Hallelujah for the way God has used these men of God, great men of God in my mind. And we all got a little anxious about what's going to happen when Brother Emerson passed or others have passed. But thank God for the men of God that take their place. And there's more to come. God's developing men right now to carry on his message in the kingdom of God. Thank the Lord. So just let me, Tony, thank you, brother, for your love and fellowship over the years. I just thank the Lord this morning. Can't, I just can't say how much I love you and respect this congregation now and in the past. So praise the Lord for giving me the time. It's good to be here, brother. Yes. Praise the Lord. Thank you for your gifts over the years. Amen. Amen. What a wonderful thing. Thank you. When we were thinking, you know, you're organizing and you're making phone calls, and um, we were knew that we wanted to, you know, have time for the preaching of the word. And, you know, you're just praying, seeking God's face, you know, who should we call? And it seemeth good to the Holy Ghost that we would call Brother Kenneth Yoder. He's known Brother Tony longer than any other of our ministerial brethren. He also knows our church history. He knows this church's history better than anyone else. I'm sure he's kept an eye on us. He's, he's watched us. He's preached over us. He's prayed over us. And it seemed like there's no one better than Brother Kenneth Yoder to bring our message today. Give him your undivided attention and thank you. Well, what I'm about to say is probably going to seem pretty lame to all this. It was a beautiful service that, that they planned and uh, honoring Brother Bartlett and Sister Bartlett. But I thank God that I have an opportunity to have a part in that. Uh, this service, of course, was basically to honor uh, Pastor Tony Bartlett and his wife Donna. 
And of course, there have been others. Uh, it isn't that we forgot about the others. There's lots, there's a lots that goes into the success of any work of God. It never is, never has been. Even in Jesus' day, it wasn't the work of one man. It was, Jesus had, of course, uh, 12 disciples that were close to him, but there were 70 others as well. And then there were some unnamed uh, workers in the kingdom of God, and that's the way it is here. But we're focusing today on uh, Brother Bartlett and Sister Donna, and uh, because it uh, is the 35 years that they served here in this congregation. The scriptures teach us to render honor unto whom honor is due. And that's in Romans, the 13th chapter and the 7th verse. Give honor to whom honor is due. And I believe that they are worthy of honor after 35 years of faithful service. And uh, those that planned, Sister uh, that Donna, that planned, Donna Romag and others, and Brother Shermie and the music, and whoever else, you've done a beautiful job. You really did. I've had pastor appreciation days, but uh, nothing like this. I've, uh, I have been a pastor, you know, for... For 50 years, uh, over 50 years, more or less, but I was a pastor, and when I first started pastoring, there was no such thing as Pastor Appreciation or Pastor Appreciation Month. Uh, that is a rather recent thing that has come into being. But I believe that Pastor Appreciation is a good thing. I believe also that it, is a, it has scriptural foundation, the reason why I believe it's a good thing is because it provides encouragement for the pastor and his wife. I have, I, I have a, a, a box full. Uh, I didn't keep every, every uh, card of appreciation over the years, but those that had some personal uh, messages in them, uh, it just... It was such an encouragement to me, and uh, I have a box of those at home, and of course I don't receive them anymore since I'm no longer a pastor, but it's a good thing because it uh, provides encouragement. A pastor gets discouraged from time to time. In his mind, he's ready to quit, though in his heart he's not. There's, there's low times in, in a congregation. Now, in this service, we have put emphasis on the high times and the times of, of victory and the times of celebration. But there are times that a pastor has difficulties. There's times when he goes through various problems, and sometimes he's faced with things that he don't know exactly how to handle and what to do. And there... Sometimes you, you don't win everybody, and you don't keep everybody. And there's times, my friend, when those times of loss, uh, it's discouraging. And there's times in a pastor's life that he feels like, is it really worth it? But as I've said, uh, 
Uh, lots of uh, Mondays I've resigned in my mind, but by Wednesday I was ready to go again. Pastors need encouragement from time to time. Uh, not every service. It'd be a, it would be out of order, out of God's order, to have a service like this even once a month. Uh, you, you don't, when, when something is, is uh, so frequent, it loses its, its value. But I believe that pastor appreciation service is a good thing. It shows honor and appreciation. But showing honor and appreciation is also, also has a scriptural foundation. And I want to read just a couple of scriptures to begin with here in this service, or my part of this service. In 1 Timothy, the 5th chapter and the 17th verse, it said, Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. The word double honor here doesn't mean uh, exactly twice as much, but it means a higher honor. There is, there, somebody said, well, we ought to treat everybody just exactly alike. But th that, that, may, that may make you feel good, but it's not scriptural. It's not scriptural. It's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches, my friend, that those who are leaders and those who labor in the Word of God, and that simply means preaching God's Word and His truth, that they are worthy of higher honor than just, well, just the common Christian, as we would say. Paul said, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. That means those who preach the word, those who teach the doctrines of the Bible. And then in 1 Thessalonians, the fifth chapter, verses 12 and 13, he said, I, and we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake and be at peace among yourselves. Here in this passage of Scripture, Paul's encouraging the church to recognize their spiritual leaders, and to appreciate them. He said, I beseech you. That word beseech means to ask or to beg. He said, I'm asking you, I'm begging you, I'm urging you to know. And the word here to know in its original language and meaning means to acknowledge. To know doesn't mean just to become familiar with them, but it means to acknowledge them. Acknowledge them which labor among you and are over you. Uh, somebody said everybody's on the same level. No, not, not in the kingdom of God. We're not all exactly on the same level. In our standing before God, that is true. But in the structure of the church, there are leaders. There are, there are people that are over other people. There are people, my friend, that lead other people. There are people, my friend, that instruct other people. I, I, I think you already know this, but the Bible is not an easy thing to understand. Now, there are certain passages that, that anybody could understand, 
But I'm telling you, after 60-some years of studying this word, it's not an easy thing to understand. There are still many things I do not understand. And it takes time. It takes study. It takes, my friend, applying yourself. And not everybody can do that. If it was required of everybody to, to you know, figure out everything. And, but God has called and set aside certain men and women to teach others. And these people are to dedicate their life to the study of God's word. You know, even the apostles, well, back in the early church and the, the, the uh, early chapters of the book of Acts, there, there came a, a division. Well, it wasn't a division, but there came a problem arose among the believers in Jerusalem. And that was the Greeks against the Hebrews. And what that means is, back there, they were Greek-speaking and there were Hebrew-speaking Jews. And these, these Jews that had become Christians, the Greeks felt that their widows were being neglected. And so they, they, the people came and complained to the apostles. Hey, we're being neglected. Our widows are being neglected uh, because there was no welfare system and the church took care of its own. But anyway, the apostles said, appoint seven men to take care of this because it is not proper or right or good for us to leave the word of God and to, uh, to serve tables, I think is the way the King James, which means taking care of financial matters. And even the apostles didn't divert their attention away from the study of God's word and from the preaching of God's word. And God has called, God still calls, men and women to study this word. It takes time. Uh, I mean, I have spent, uh, you don't know, I've spent days, 10 and 12 hours in a day just, just studying and researching the scriptures, time and time and time again, and running references and so on, and, and coming to an understanding about certain things and the teachings of God's word. But what I started to say, that there's some that are over others. They're over them to care for them and to protect them. And uh, you can read that in the epistles. You can read that in many places. And uh, they're over you. And that simply means they are caring and protecting you. And they apply themselves to the word of God. And also he said, and admonish you. That means that they, the word admonish means to warn. But that's the task of those spiritual leaders. Paul's referring here to spiritual leaders who are to care for and protect and instruct the congregation. This passage has to do both with recognition, he said know them, or acknowledge them, 
recognize them as, as the leader and over you, and also to appreciate them. Paul's asking the congregation here in Thessalonica to respect and acknowledge their authority in the Lord. His concern was about the respect that spiritual leaders were getting or not getting. I can tell you that in the general sense of the word, the ministry has lost respect. Now, part of that is because of the kind of ministers that, that we have today. There's some, my friend, that have been involved in all kinds of scandals. There's, there's uh, famous uh, Christian leaders that have been, and I'm not going to go down the list, but time and again, so that the respect that is due spiritual leaders has, has diminished. And Paul's concerning here was about the respect that was due them. And then he said, not only to respect them and to recognize them, but also to appreciate them. In verse 13, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. The word esteem means to hold them in the highest regard. And he adds, because of their work. Esteem or appreciation, my friend, is given because of the spiritual labor that a man or a woman puts into the kingdom of God. Now, I'm going to give a word of caution here. Even though Paul is insisting that the church should, uh, that spiritual leaders in the church should be very highly esteemed in love, he is not encouraging the cultivation of a cult of personalities. We have among ourselves, even in the church of God, but beyond our, beyond our borders, my friend, uh, this has happened again and again and again in the church. People begin to raise somebody up so high that it becomes like a cult so that that person can do no wrong. And Paul is not encouraging that. He's not encouraging, my friend, for us to just accept everything that somebody says. In fact, the Bible encourages the church to check out what the preacher's saying. You remember the apostles when they were traveling around uh, uh, when they come to the city of Berea, it said that the people there were more honorable because they searched daily in the scriptures to see what, I think it was Barnabas and Saul at that time, or Paul, to see if what they were teaching was the truth of God's word. In fact, the Bible teaches us to listen critically to what the preacher's saying. Paul's telling about the way the services were conducted. He said that as when somebody is speaking uh, and one has a, a message or prophesying or speaking in the Lord's name, 
It said, let the others sit and judge. And that simply means, you know, I listen, every message I listen to, I listen to critically. I, I listen to see if it's lining up with God's word. In fact, the Bible encouraged me and encourages you to do that. And if we, if we don't do that, then we can be led astray like many have. And I don't have any fear of Brother Bartlett doing that, but I'm just giving my friend what the scriptures is teaching us here. And then Paul ends this passage with, be at peace among yourselves. Live in peace with one another and also, of course, with your spiritual leader. This is not an unconnected thought to esteeming, uh, recognizing, esteeming, appreciating, and so on. Did you know that the number one thing that divides congregation is division over leaders? If the leaders could ever get together, the people of God would get together. But the problem of division is you can't get the leaders together. And this is the number one problem that divides congregations is the division over leadership. You know, in, in the, at, I'll just use one biblical example. There's more than one. But in 1 Corinthians, there was division in the congregation. There, were, there was not open division, but there was contention in the congregation of Corinth. And Paul says... In 1 Corinthians, 1st chapter 11, 12th verse. For it hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the household of Cloth, that there are contentions among you. Now, this I say, that every one of you that saith, I am of Paul, and I of Apollos, and I of Cephas, and I of Christ. In the congregation, there's some saying that they were a Paul. A Paul was their, their, their particular leader. Others are saying Apollos, and others saying Cephas. And Cephas is the word that Paul uses for Peter. And Paul also went on in, in the book of Corinthians and, and compared himself with Apollos. It seems that Apollos was a, a very uh, gifted speaker and that there was a vision and people were saying, well, you know, we're following him, we're following that. And I'm just reminding you of this to tell you that the number one thing that divides congregations many times is a division over spiritual leaders. When a member of a congregation love and respect their spiritual leaders, it provides an environment where the congregation can more easily live in peace with each other. Somebody said, boy, you're going down the negative side. Oh, I'm just warning you. Someday, Pastor Tony's not going to be here. And one of the biggest 
task that you'll have is choosing the right man to be the pastor. Faithful, Holy Ghost filled men are rare. <laughs> I'm telling you, friend, they're rare. And if a congregation does not live in peace with each other and they become divided over leaders and other things as well, then, well, as Jesus said, a house divided against itself cannot stand. I believe that pastor appreciation service such as we have enjoyed here this morning is an important way of showing our love, our respect, and our esteem for our pastor. Now on a more personal note. I've known Pastor Tony Bartlett for many years. Our friendship goes way back. Not as far back as some of these men that knew him in Korea, but it goes way back to before the beginning of this congregation. Originally, I knew him as a young preacher, full of questions and eager to learn. <laughs> I remember those times, Brother Bartlett, when we would talk together. Sometimes I'd preach a message and you'd come and ask questions and uh, it just seemed like he was full of questions and eager to learn and we had many discussions. Back there in the early days, I also thought that, that Brother Bartlett was a, was a very good radio speaker. I, uh, I listened to him on the radio. I don't know how many years he was on the radio, but he stayed on point. And he could say a lot in a short period of time. And uh, I, I remember listening at different times some of the messages he had, as to use a term that Brother Emerson used, he kind of boiled it down, you know, and made it, made it pretty plain and simple. I remember how he became pastor of the Licken County Church of God. After the death of Brother Emerson Wilson, some sincere but misguided people caused a division and a new church was formed out of necessity. Brother Bartlett was chosen to be their pastor and I believe that he was the right choice. I believed it then, I believe it today. I befriended him and prayed with him on various different occasions because that was a very stressful and turbulent time. Those of us that lived through those days know what I'm talking about and the, the others that know nothing about it, you can take my word for it. It was a very turbulent and stressful time. I remember as the, it was already mentioned the service, in fact, I preached at the school where they first began, I also preached down at the church in, uh, down in the middle of Newark, and uh, then I have preached here on occasions 
from time to time. But I remember Brother Bartlett as one who was really concerned about the future of the people who out of necessity felt that they had to separate. During the years that I've known him, Brother Bartlett and I have gotten along pretty well, uh, working together and so on. Except for a short period of time, there was a short period of time when there was, there was tension uh, between us, and I, I take the greater responsibility for that tension. But I can honestly say this, that he has been better to me than I have to him. I've said that on other occasions here, and it, people that don't know what I mean, well, you probably still don't know what I mean, but he treated me better than I treated him. His attitude and actions towards me were better than mine towards him. Now, I believe it's common knowledge that I am more conservative than Brother Bartlett. I, I think that's common knowledge. People that know both of us, if you're a visitor here or new, uh, you're probably not aware of that, but it is common knowledge of people who know both of us well that I'm more conservative than Brother Bartlett. But we've been able to work together throughout these years because we have a mutual respect for each other. I respect him for who he is, and he accepts me for who I am. You know, people don't have to agree on everything to get along. They don't have to agree on everything. Sister Donna told you about uh, I think it's 50 years of marriage now. Is that right? You all been together? But she also mentioned that they don't agree on everything all the time. Right? Did I hear that right? I thought I did. <laughs> Both of them are strong-willed. But they've stayed together because they love each other and respect each other, not because they are in perfect agreement. And the same thing can be said of Brother Bartlett and myself. We have been able to work together over many years that I've known him, and it's because that we have a mutual respect for each other. I have a deep respect for him, and... He has given evidence to me that he has a deep respect for me. Everything rises and falls on spiritual leadership. The kingdom of God does not, is, is not just an a, a inner tube that's thrown out on the waters and, and it has no, no guidance. No, no direction. Everything rises and falls on spiritual leadership. You know, 
You can see that very plainly if you've ever read the Bible. You don't have to, you don't have to be a deep theologian. You don't have to even have a commentary to understand that when the people of God had good spiritual leaders, the kingdom was advanced. When the leadership was not what it ought to be, the kingdom of God did not progress. That has been true not only in the Old Testament, but in the New. You can read in the New Testament. In fact, the occasion of many of the letters of the Apostle Paul, the occasion that he wrote, and, and uh, particularly Jude and, and some others, they were writing because of 1 John's another one, but they were writing because the leadership of the church was not what it ought to be. Jude tells us that some people had crept in among God's people and were drawing disciples away from them. First John tells us about a man who loved the preeminence and was misguiding the people. And that's why I say that everything rises and falls on spiritual leadership. When you have the right leadership, the kingdom of God rises. When, when you don't have it, it falls away. We're living in a time, my friend, that it's very difficult to pastor. I, I think that most of you are aware of that. There are many problems both outside and inside of the church. I've been listening to Brother Bartlett every Sunday and even on Wednesday night, uh, this past Wednesday, message on prayer and then his messages on the kingdom, his messages on uh, winning souls and, and uh, being faithful and so on. Uh, and I've listened to them. I listened to all the preaching during the during the revival that you had recently. And one of the, one of the themes that, that ran through several of those messages during the revival, to me, it, the, the thought was, you're a good congregation. Be careful that you don't lose it. I mean, uh, Brother Nathan, he talked about the, the future of the church, and, and uh, others talked about uh, in different ways, and they were saying, in fact, some of them were very, very similar in, in what they were saying to the congregation. They were all saying, you have a wonderful, beautiful congregation. Be careful that you don't lose it. Be careful by the way you live, the way you pray, the way you conduct yourself, your attendance and service. And, and all of that. And they, my friend, were warning the congregation. But there are problems both outside and inside. I thought uh, recently Brother Bartlett had done a very, very good job. He talking about the problem particularly outside the church and, and then also some inside. Now I've pastored, as I said, for about 50 or give her more or less a year or two, but 50 years or more. 
But I never had some of the problems that our pastors are facing today. I, uh, uh, we, we just didn't have some of those problems. And I can honestly say this, that I believe that Pastor Tony Bartlett is doing a better job than I would be doing. This is the truth. But I really, I really don't know what I'd do with some of the present problems. Especially the problem of church attendance. When I pastored, all the years I pastored in the various different places that I pastored, the Sunday morning, the Sunday night, and the Wednesday night crowd, there was very little difference in the attendance. Very little. Sunday morning maybe had a few more, uh, but the Sunday night and the Wednesday night, people were there and supporting. But today, that's not, that's not the case. Sunday's become fun day for a lot of people. And I don't know what I'd do with that problem. I'd probably, one or two things would probably happen. I'd probably run off most of them, or they'd get rid of me. I've never had that problem to face. The same, I remember one time <clears throat> our congregation in Dover uh, was, beside it was an elementary school that uh, in, in their consolidation they sold it and a Pentecostal group bought it and uh, they began having services there uh, in, in the school. And one day I was at, at a meeting, I think it was a Gideon meeting, but anyway, the pastor of that Pentecostal church was also there. And he asked me, he said, he said, I notice that you have as many cars on Sunday night and Wednesday night as you do on Sunday morning. He said, how do you do that? He said, I cannot get our people to come. How do you do that? And I answered him, I said, I preach on Commitment and dedication. That was my answer to him. Commitment and dedication is very shallow today, generally speaking. Other things take priority, and people have, have become used to it. And like I said, I don't know what I'd do. I don't have that problem because I'm not a pastor. But... The pastors, my friend, that we have are facing some problems that I never had to face. And I, 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 I appreciate them. Brother Tony, I believe you're doing a good job of what you got to do with, okay? Someday... Tony Bartlett will no longer be serving this congregation. I dread that, that day. Uh, I hope it's beyond my, my life. I hope I'm already in heaven when that day comes. But someday it will come. It always does. What will the congregation be like after he is gone? 
Well, none of us know the answer to that. None of us. But the congregation will change when he leaves because it always does. There's never, there's never a change of leadership without a change in the congregation. It, it happens. It just... Uh, Brother Bartlett has loved the people that he served. And my question is, will the next pastor love you as he has loved you? You've already, you've already heard testimonies. You've already heard uh, songs and that has acknowledged Brother and Sister Bartlett's love for this congregation their faithful service to this congregation. But will the next pastor? I want to tell you a story real quickly if I can. This is a true story. It's a story of a pastor that belittled his congregation uh, publicly. He belittled them and he lost it. They got rid of him. This pastor, actually, uh, he pastored in a, another state, I won't mention it, but he came from the newer congregation. And I remember I went and held revival back then, it was two-week revivals, and I was preaching for him, and he, he asked them a ridiculous thing uh, asked them to do, and he waited two nights, and he said, how many people's done this? And nobody raised their hand. And he said, just as I thought, nobody ever listens to me. You'd never do what I want you to do. Well, that was, that was a public rebuke. Uh, and in my presence as a visiting minister, I thought it was out of place. First of all, I thought the request that he made of them was ridiculous. I mean, I didn't expect anybody to do what he asked them to do. And they didn't. <laughs> he asked them to go out and buy a four by eight sheet of plywood and to hand print on there that they were having revival at their church and put the time down and invite everybody and then stick that sign up in their yard. Well, I don't, nobody done that. And I, I didn't think they would anyhow. Most of us wouldn't do that. We would, we would invite people or neighbors and friends, but we wouldn't do that. While we were in the privacy of his home, he, he referred to the congregation like, well, lazy rednecks. That was his expression. Now, he's a northerner. He's from up here. Like I said, his, he's from the newer congregation. And he referred to the people as lazy Shiftless rednecks, southerners, you know. Well, after that happened, 
And we went home, had a little snack, and before we went to bed, I said, Brother, I'd like to talk to you. And we sat down, his wife went to bed, and his children went to bed. And we sat down in the living room, and I talked to him, and I told him, I said, you cannot pastor a people that you do not love. You're not going to be able to pastor them unless you love them. And I said, what you have said private to me, what you have said publicly, shows me you do not have the love that you ought to have for them. And I talked to him for maybe a half hour, maybe a little longer, and he, 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 he answered some things. We had some dialogue. But after about a half hour, 40 minutes, something like that, he got up and he was mad. I mean, really mad. He said, I've had enough of Yoder's psychological uh, philosophy. I'm going to bed. And he just tromped out of the room. I stayed awake most of that night sitting on the bed and looking out a window. It was a full moon night. I looked out the window and talked to God. And it was tense the rest of the meeting. But I went through the meeting and went home. And within two weeks after I went home, the congregation asked him to resign. And I believe God gave him an opportunity if he had listened to me. In fact, he called me and said, Brother Yoder, will you come down here? He said, these people have tremendous confidence in you. Will you come down here and help me? He said, what you said was going to happen did happen. And I went down and I asked him to publicly confess that he had been wrong. He refused to do that, and I said, well, then it's over. I mean, it's over. These people, you've treated them in such a way that you can never pastor them. And that ended his ministry there. A pastor has to love the people. And the reason I brought that up is because I believe Brother Bartlett and Sister Bartlett has demonstrated their love. In fact, your, your appreciation of them and the things that you've said and the songs that you've sung have, have shown that today, that you recognize that he, he did love you and does love you. Who will replace him? Uh, we don't know that. But I'm going to tell you, one of my fears, and I'm getting close to the end here, but one of my fears for the future of the church in general, not just this country, but for the church in general, there's, there's going to be a shortage of pastors. By that I mean truly God-called and God-sent pastors. In fact, if probably if the, if the truth is known, that's probably already true. Pastors ask themselves, if I leave, who's going to replace me? And sometimes when they look out there, uh, it doesn't look 
very great. The reason I believe this is true is because not many men among us, young men among us, is hearing the voice of God that calls a man to preach the word of God. Preaching is not an occupation. It's a calling. It's the highest calling. Uh, Sister Donna mentioned that in her testimony that one of the highest privileges, and uh, I'm saying it's the highest calling that a person could have is to be called to step into the history of the church and become part of it by helping people and serving people. Again, that goes back to the other problem about church attendance. The dedication and consecration to the work of God is shallow today. It's shallow. There's a, there's a certain amount of dedication and consecration, but it's shallow. Part of the call of God is always in the heart of the one that's called. Part of the call of God. Somebody say, what do you mean by that? It's in the heart of the person that's called. There's a desire. They want to do something for God. Part of the call of God is in the heart of the one that is called. You remember the vision of Isaiah? And he got a vision of God's throne room. And God was looking around to the members in the throne room and say, Who will go for us? Who can we send? And Isaiah said, Here am I. That's kind of like if you'd raise your hand, you know, the teacher said, Anybody know the answer to this question? And you raise your hand and say, Here. Yeah, here am I. And that's what Isaiah was saying. Lord, here am I. Look on me. May God raise up an army of godly men and women to continue to lead the church. I'm telling you, you may not believe what I'm saying, but Everything rises and falls in the kingdom of God on spiritual leadership. Everything rises and falls on spiritual leadership. And when that is a need among us, then as we look around, we ought not to be surprised to see the work of God diminishing. Finally, Listen to me now. Let me say this in closing. Someone will take his office, but no one will ever take his place. Father, we thank you for the patience of this audience to listen to an old man's rambling. We thank you, Father of Heaven, for 
this service. I, I believe it was a beautiful thing, well arranged, meaningful, and emotional, heartfelt. And I ask that thou will carry that, those feelings, and that spirit on in the congregation in the days that are ahead. I, Father of Heaven, want to take time to honor what has been done. But I also wanted to say a few words of warning and admonition to guide the church in the future. And I ask of thee that thou will take my words and apply them to hearts and minds here today. Father, as you look down on this congregation, if there's, if there's any young man or young woman that you see, Father of Heaven, that would be a instrument in your kingdom, talk to them. Bring them, first of all, to a place of consecration and dedication that is worthy of the calling. And then, Father of Heaven, guide and direct the people. I ask, as, as it's already been asked several times, but I just add my voice to the voices that have already been raised. Continue your blessings upon Brother Bartlett and Sister Donna as they continue to serve this congregation. We ask these things in the name of Jesus, and amen. Would you stand, please? Page 193, 193. I will follow thee, my Savior, wheresoever. A beautiful, appropriate message. It's so easy when you've had a pastor of many, many years. I tell people all the time, I know of no one that has people skills like Brother Tony does. He can bring people together with different mindsets different backgrounds, different opinions, and make him a family. God has blessed him in that capacity. 
And it's easy whenever you've got a long-standing relationship to take it for granted. And I pray that the message you heard today will help you to see how much, how much I, how much you, how much we owe the man of God that has served us faithfully all these many years. We have in our power to be a blessing to him. We also have our, it's in our power to be a burden. And I want you to understand, God, don't take it lightly when you're a burden to the man of God. I pray that we will strengthen our resolve. We will strengthen our commitment to this ministry here, to this pastor and his leadership. And he has taught us over and over and over to follow the anointing. There's no better advice than that. And as long as the anointing of God rests upon Brother Tony, and for as long as he's preaching the truth of God's word, it is in our best interest to follow him. Amen. doesn't mean you're going to agree with everything. But you talk to God about that. You talk to Him privately about that. Don't raise your hand against God's anointed. That's still good admonition. It is still Bible. Amen? It's been a beautiful day. I pray that it's been a blessing to your heart. I pray that we can all take something home from it. Think on it, dwell on it, and say, Lord, how can I help him? How can I be a blessing to him? Because as he gets better, we get better. Amen? And God help us that we would strive to be a soul-saving station, to be the city on the hill, and to be a light to the world. And he's brought us a mighty long way. And as long as we keep our hand in God's hand and we follow the anointing, I think the Lord to see us right. He's always taking care of his church. And I don't think he's interested in failing now. So it's been a good day. And appreciate your attendance. We appreciate your attention. I felt like you were listening. And I pray that you apply what Brother Yoder had to say to your heart. We uh, are going to dismiss at this time. You are. I hope everybody will stay. There's been plenty of food prepared. It's going to be special. It's going to be like nothing we've ever had here before. But go find your place to sit. There'll be salad on the table already. There'll be water on the table. There may be bread already on the table. It's family style, so pass it around, share, and you can go right ahead and, and start eating as soon as you sit down. You don't have to do anything. Your food will be brought to you. Your drinks will be brought to you. So it's just an extra special day today. So if you would, let's bow our head, and we'll close the service, and we'll ask a blessing over the food. 
Heavenly Father, as we humbly bow before you today, God, it is with a thankful heart for this day and for what this day represents and for what this day means. Father, you have been so good and so faithful to the church of God of Lincoln County. Father, I do believe that we are loved by you because you've given us ministers after your own heart. You've always seen it good to see to it that the messages are anointed and that we can feast here and that we can grow and that we can win others, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for what you've done for this congregation of people. We do pray for our pastor and his wife today. We ask, dear God, that you would uphold them. We pray, dear God, you'll bless them with strength for the work. We pray, dear God, that you would encourage their hearts and minds, dear Lord, and help them, God, to continue to be what they've been, a shepherd and a soldier of the cross. I just pray, dear God, that you would dismiss us from this service. Lord, I pray, dear God, that you'll bless the food in the hands that prepared it. We pray that you'll give us a wonderful time of fellowship. And as we reminisce over these 35 years, dear God, and our bonds and our, our friendships and the fellowship that we've had. And Father, we just pray that you'll just bless this day as none other, God. And we ask all of this in your name. Amen. You're dismissed. Make your way to the dining hall, if you would, please.